just you get to choose. Like here's here's the scenario: the the environment gives us something which can be perceived as negative, can be perceived as not working, can be perceived as problematic. The world's ending. So we get to choose to see it like that, or we get to see choose to see it as an opportunity. So clearly, that it's my responsibility now to do that for other people. If I have information, and you know, other people's success is my success, and vice versa. Because you know what, like the challenges or the roadblocks are the journey themselves. There's no big things. It's all little things compounding on top of each other. Chip Venters is a career serial entrepreneur. His startups span many different industries, including electronic communications, e-commerce, content security, video technology, conditional access, and the associated intellectual property. As a founder and inventor at DRM Technologies, LLC, they hold over 35 granted patents. These patents cover a range of e-commerce, rights management, and blockchain-based security technologies. Apple, Microsoft, and others are licensees. As a result of his experience with IP, Chip is a professional mediator of IP and patent disputes. He also mediates partner and business disputes for startups and small businesses through Refresh Mediation and ZoomMediation.com. His latest startup is Equal Access Carriers Incorporated, a 5G edge computing software development company. They are creating a new conditional access and security platform for IoT networks or Internet of Things. He graduated from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. What kind of mindset does it take to exist, survive, and thrive as a serial entrepreneur? What advice does Chip have for someone thinking about becoming one? You might be surprised. What sort of lessons has Chip learned along the way? And what does Chip spend his time reading during the three hours per day per day he spends reading? All this and more as we welcome career serial entrepreneur Chip Venters on this week's episode of True Seekers. Right, we're just going to jump right into this week's episode. We got Chip Venters joining us today. Chip, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, in some of our pre-show connections, uh, what jumped out the most to me is that you identify yourself as a serial entrepreneur. I think maybe we should define that. And then what does that mean to you? Why, why do you identify yourself as that? Well, it's kind of a, a designation others came up with. I just use it now. But a serial entrepreneur is someone who has done a series of startups, not just one. Um, and uh, sometimes they tend to be similar. One kind of leads to the other. So, um, And as you and I talked about last time, once you get locked into being a serial entrepreneur, that's what you are. There's, there's no escaping into another designation. <laughs> well, so tell us about maybe some of those businesses or, you know, you, you got quite an extensive experience or uh, background in starting businesses. So tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Well, I got my degree uh, in filmmaking. And so I started off uh, starting a company in Vail, Colorado that shot uh, people climbing and skiing and ski racing because the video business that just started video equipment that you could actually take out in the field and use. And uh, that led me into uh, the ad agency business because the ad agency business was starting to adopt more video too instead of film. And one day I was sitting in a, uh, a studio editing a piece and we were always in those days worried about how we were going to distribute it physically, right? Some guy comes into the studio and he says, hey, I just heard about this thing called the internet. And 
you'll be able to distribute video electronically, digitally. It was like, sign me up. So um, I left the, uh, the ad agency business and we started a company in Washington, D.C. called Deskate Technologies to create a way of protecting video and audio and digital assets as it moved across the internet. They, they call it digital rights management now. Um, and it's a very common technology, uh, but I wouldn't have gotten into that if I had not been into video and knowing that you have to protect the, you know, so one thing leads to another. Um, and so then uh, that led to another company called Digital Containers, where we uh, started applying uh, DRM technologies to uh, digital assets of all kinds. And then in the interim, we licensed a bunch of our technology and, and uh, patents to Apple and Microsoft and others, which became part uh, on the Apple side, became part of the original uh, iPods. Um, so yeah, so we've continued to uh, build on that. Uh, my new company, uh, EAC, is building um, a security system for IoT devices. And IoT is the Internet of Things. And uh, we're basically applying uh, sort of, uh, an advanced version of the digital rights management uh, platform we built uh, to give uh, conditional access and security to these IoT devices. And we're using a version of blockchain to do that. So wow. I could go back and sort of be more granular, but uh, one thing kind of leads to the other is the word amounts to. Um, you know, that's, that's a perfect summation. I think we can, we've connected the big dots and uh, I'm curious where, where coaches' minds went to because I can remember I'm uh, just kind of sneakily downloading MP3s on LimeWire and that's where my mind went to. And yeah, when you're talking about, you know, digital protection and, and sharing files on the internet. Coach, how about you? Where, where did your mind go? I was wondering, because like, I guess, Chip, as you explain it, it, it seems obvious to you now that it's just one thing led to another. Right. I, I wonder like, what were those moments? I, I imagine, maybe I'm wrong, but I imagine that at the time those moments were jump off points, or at least some were, and like decisions to be made to get to the next part. Like, is there something inherent about the way that you work that leads to a jump off point and the next thing, or is it intention? Is it a combination? How, how do you think about that? That's a, that's a great question. Growing up, uh, you know, in a creative family, uh, and I won't go into it, but my brother's a musician, my father was a creative guy. And then getting a film degree, you're sort of trained into creativity, right? Maybe sometimes you're born with it, I don't know, but you're trained into it. Mm -hmm. So um, when it comes to technology, um, you know, seeing a problem uh, coming down the road is the beginning. And then maybe seeing a creative solution to the problem. Um, and that sort of is where all that starts. Now, the problem sometimes with that approach to solving problems with technology is that you can see something that's way down the road and you can divert your, uh, you know, your, your energies and your interests a little bit too early. <laughs> and uh, you're solving a problem that no one even knows exists yet. Um, uh, patents are helpful in that situation because mm -hmm. the way you get a patent is you, you know, you apply for something that hasn't been done. Right. Um, but in the case of, uh, 
of getting patents if for something that hasn't been done yet, sometimes you're waiting for years, literally, to get royalties or any kind of payback on it. So, um, the, so the, the, the biggest thing for serial entrepreneurs like myself to do, have the idea, see the vision, know where it's going, but also take baby steps and figure out ways of creating revenue, uh, you know, uh, today, tomorrow, and not two years from now. Uh, yeah. But I, I would say that creativity is, um, uh, most entrepreneurs that I know that have been serial entrepreneurs had that people would say that about them is that they, there's some creativity in the way they see, see things and are willing to act on their own ideas. Yeah, I see that as a, a skill set that an entrepreneur needs, right? You need to be able to see things that other people don't. That's why you're starting your companies, right? You're developing a value for people that other people maybe don't know that they need yet. Is that how you would maybe describe that? Yeah. And, and, and there's creativity has to be fed. Um, I am addicted to reading. I mean, and I say addicted to reading. I really mean it. I mean, I should be seeing some, you know, <laughs> go to an AA meeting for <laughs> for reading addiction. So I have to cut myself off to two hours a day, maybe three. But um, if you are really interested in a lot of things and you're kind of a journalist, which I am, yeah, reading a lot uh, creates the sort of ammunition, if you will, to where all of a sudden you're linking A to B and then B over out to Z and Z back and and you start to see big patterns and things too. So um, creativity, unless you're just a painter or you know you like colors, you, you gotta you gotta feed it. Uh, you gotta feed it voraciously. Um, mm. Yeah, it sounds like you do just that, uh, Coach. How many hours a day do you read? I'm just curious. Yeah, I do most of my reading listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, but, but it, yeah, it's fascinating, Chip. Um, I, I have to ask you for a book book recommendation later, but I'd love okay. to. Let's <laughs> just unpack that a little bit because uh, I, I think about reading as thinking itself as part of that, or training yourself to think and those dots together, like you said. And and do you? How do you think about writing? Because I, I've heard it said before that you know if if reading is giving us more tools to think and it's helpful to think to think about those ideas that might come to us or the version of those ideas that are us to create that creativity then to explore it through entrepreneurship i've heard in that the, i've heard that the writing writing is i certainly found that for me one of the best ways to pull those thoughts together to get something this absolutely well there's two two artists uh, two writers who really had a, a lot of influence um with me on that one was Stephen King. I'm not a real crazy, not crazy about his horror books, but his methodology. Mm. He's, he's got a book called On Writing. And then there's another book called The Artist's Way. And I think it was by a woman's Alice White. And the, the methodologies are exactly the same. And I'm glad you asked this question. They uh, are very disciplined in how much they write every day, you know, three to four hours. But then the rest of their day is spent uh, essentially hatching or you know, letting ideas sort of boil up. And, and uh, both of them say that every day you need to go on some kind of walk. You need to ride a bike. You need to go into the woods. And you're not necessarily thinking about the problem. It, you know, you're just letting it. There's this idea that stuff just hatches almost subconsciously, you know. 
Um, and then the third piece is that they read uh, a lot. So Stephen King works four hours a day. He reads for uh, three to four hours a day, and then he exercises, walks, kills time, drinks a little beer, and lets all of it kind of stew, right? And that's what the artist's way is about, too, uh, is, is letting your brain uh, do its work, you know, quietly. <laughs> I have that book, actually, and I've, I've probably read half of it. Uh, so I'm super excited about what you're saying, because I think that from a coaching point of view, we do this verbally. Because there's so many concepts, principles, ideas that we'll share and we'll get new thoughts on while working with clients, certainly working with each other, sharpening the saw, part of the bigger team. And then they'll propagate and create and just pop out and explode when you don't expect it. And uh, it happens all the time, happening yeah. right now. Uh, this, also this pulling together of the discipline, like force the discipline in that certain area, so then you can be free over here. Because I love, I love to think about this in, in working out, in martial arts as well. I used to do a lot of Thai kickboxing, Muay Thai. And if I do intense couple of hours a day, couple of hours a day for a couple of weeks, I, I make progress over a couple of days and I feel like I'm not making progress for that week or extended period, but then take time off and come back and find out that I'm much better. So I think right. that's part of that as well, where all of the things in your body are creating themselves after the fact. And that, I just equate that to what you said about like hatching those things that because they're in that incubation period, perhaps. Yeah, it's funny. Um, Advertising Age magazine used to be you know, the thing that everybody read. And they had these seminars up in New York every summer. And we would all go. And um, it was just an excuse to go to New York, too. But they had this, um, this thing in advertising uh, about procrastination, right? It's the worst thing in the world. You know, uh, I got a deadline next week. I should be working on it now. Well, they taught almost the opposite. They said, you know, um, you need to walk around with this and um, you'll, you, you know, in some cases, the more pressure that you find yourself under to produce uh, is better. But again, this whole idea that things are happening inside your mind and you don't even really realize is what you were just describing. It, it's a, the mind is a pretty amazing thing in that regard. It's, you, you just got to let it do its thing, right? <laughs> we don't understand how it does its thing, but you you try to let it do its thing, right? Um, but, I, uh, I, I got this recall of, I don't know, have you ever seen the show Mad Men, Chip? Yeah, I love that show. Yeah, so you're talking about advertising agency. It's a, it's a show about that. And there's a scene in there, one of the seasons, where he is just, Don Draper, main character, is just racking his brain over the best uh, advertising approach for this company. And just he just can't think of it. He can't think of it. He can't think of it. And somebody gives him this advice to think about it as much and as long as possible for about an hour and then to just not think of it again. And That's it'll right. just show up later for him. And sure enough, later in the show, he's got this brilliant idea and this, this genius idea that comes through. While, we, while we've been speaking of this, I've gotten the image of like a train station of where like there's trains coming in and out. It's like our brain. Our train station is our brain where there's trains coming and going. And then all of a sudden there's like this connection with people at the right time and there's this this right idea, and there's just this coming togetherness of something. I think we're all we've all kind of shared our own uh, expression of what that means to us. But this hatching of something, I think maybe our job is to just consume as much content as possible, and then create that quiet space or that walk in the woods or whatever that is to to mm -hmm. allow for that bubbling up to occur. 
and then and then we feel like a genius but what we've what we've done is just uh you know let it come to us if for better or worse yeah by the way don draper um had his best ideas after three martinis right <laughs> right <laughs> and and the three martini lunch <laughs> the three martini lunch was a real thing because people uh are kind of scared to talk about their creative ideas you know they're they're you know, if you if you get put forward a crazy idea and everybody laughs and says, "Oh, that's stupid," then that's not a good feeling, right? But the three martini lunch uh, tended to oil that that process a little yeah. bit. But so it was a real thing. I don't know if they still do it in that agency business or not. But, <laughs> um, I suspect they might. But 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 your trained idea too. Is, I mean, you never know when it's going to all come, right? Right. You just. And uh, the, the most frustrating thing for me is for something to hit me right side of the head and I get back from my bike ride or my walk and I can't remember what it was. It's like, what the hell was that? I was thinking about it. It was great. <laughs> then you wake up in the middle of the night and remember, right? So, yeah, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's just the way of it, uh, you know, being a, a tad bit more pregnant. So the, the one you do remember is even, even greater than that one. That's the way I, I like to make sense of it. Yeah. That's the other, only other um, characteristic that I have seen of people that do versions of what I do. I'm not bragging that I'm fearless, but you have to be kind of fearless. You, you know, it's just like you're going to fail most of the time, most of the time. So unless you uh, are OK with failing and uh, and don't fear failing, then you're not going to do it in the first place. And that's like the three martini lunch. You're not going to say that great idea unless the third martini is kicked in. And if you're scared to fail, you're just never, not going to walk out the door and start a new company. You're just not going to do it. Yeah. And I think, Coach, to your point, you know, there's, it's just, I believe the one that I forgot, that it doesn't matter, the one that I remember was better anyway. And, and so, Chip, it's, it's, it's well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to fail. I'm just going to, find the next one right the next best one right that's so right that's the i don't need to be fearless i just need to be courageous which is the doing it anyway and then it comes back to that whole point of, of we don't really know what this function is but we do know that if we're in our head we can't get to it it's only when we're in our heart or we let it go that it comes sometimes that means three martinis i imagine four makes it disappear completely <laughs> well, we and you, again uh, the other piece is, is this the learning piece you learn from your failures um and so if you expect to fail um uh, and your expectations are are you know regulated um you know you're able to more unemotionally say well what what happened here what what did i you know, what, what, did, what did we learn? Not, not oh, I'm, I'm a total failure. I'm going to go, you know, jump off the building. Um, so um, I would say the final piece of the pie for being a, 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 an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur is, um, is just yeah, almost, uh, I don't know, a, a, a controlled uh, expectations. Um, and unfortunately, you can end up being kind of numb, uh, but you know, if something bad happens, okay, it's bad. If something good happens, that's good. You're not really operating too far up here or too far down there. You end up sort of in the middle. They, they, they call them the Stoics. Have you ever heard of the, that oh, was yeah. a philosophy? Um, yeah, you've got to be a bit of a Stoic and, and understand that you can't control most things and that 
a lot of the failures are bad luck and, and not under, under control. And, and just don't think you can control it. Just forget that whole piece, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, co coaches use an analogy in the past of the pendulum and swinging, you know, violent swings back and forth. And we, we kind of want to be here. It's just these little um, smaller mm -hmm. movements uh, back and forth. And uh, this might be a good segue, Chip, because you have a pretty unique, uh, I don't know if it's advice or kind of uh, what you might want to share with other people who might be thinking about entrepreneurship. I would love to, to get your thoughts a little bit more deeply about that, if you wouldn't mind sharing. We, I think you and I chatted a little bit about this before. Um, uh, sometimes I speak to uh, to university uh, business schools and all that about this whole, this whole subject. And one of my favorite things to do is to start my, my little presentation by saying, you know, what is more important to all of you in this room, uh, having a nice house and being married and have two kids in the suburbs or creating something new, you know, and most people will raise their hand that they'd rather have a nice house in the suburbs and all that because they think creating something new will lead to that, right? Well, those people, when they raise their hand, said, you're out, you're, you're never going to be able to do this. And I go through some other little, uh, you know, I guess, trimming exercises. And so it always comes down to two people. And then I say, when one of you will fail. So it sounds, it sounds really bleak. But it really also gives somebody, you know, say, and some people go, well, maybe I do place a higher value on creating something than a wife. But I do think that it's important for people to understand what they would be doing if they make this choice. I have advised both my children not to do it. Uh -huh. <laughs> I advise everybody not to do it, but you know, sometimes they don't listen. Yeah, it's, it's what you focus on is what you get, right? That's it's right. Infinitely powerful question to allow, or infinitely, infinitely powerful process of through questioning to allow someone to access what really is most important to them. Because even though in the moment that might be like, oh, that's what I really want. Mm -hmm. And you just saved that person probably years of their life. You know, mm -hmm. like, because if, you, if they think they're going after one thing and they really want something else, so that the chances of them being successful in that first thing is much smaller because they're not going to be all the way focused, right? And you know, if you put 50% of yourself into something, the likelihood of you getting more than 50% of results you know, it's pretty non-existent. <laughs> well, and in some, some way, just to your point, I mean, you, you either have the personality to do it um, and the curiosity and the strange drive or you don't. You, you, I don't think you can be a round peg and fit yourself into this square hole. I just, and I've seen a lot of people try to do it. You know, it's a romantic notion, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes it's better just to, Get a nice job at a big corporation and build up your 401k and you know, go home, enjoy your two week vacations. And, uh, yeah, this that that's maybe better for some people. Yeah, it's not for everyone. You know, I think I think about entrepreneurship, but a lot of the clients that I have are in uh, that we might call themselves serial or certainly multiple entrepreneurs. Really, the theme I see, and you, for me, you put a different spin on it today. So, I thank you for that in the creativity part. But, really, what I see. For them, is it's a, the thrill of the chase. Yep. I, I want to go after it, get this, create this, then 
package it and hand it off to someone else so I can do it again. You know, and I and then I guess the successful version of it is be able to do that so you keep some of it or you get a big payout or whatever and keep going, keep going. But it's, there's always something more. There's always something more. There's always something more. And uh, that's that's why I see. But I love the, the layer of the creativity part of it as well because that's not a distinction I'd made before. Well, you know, um, there we talk about reading addictions, right? There are other addictions like adrenaline addiction, right? I mean, yeah. I have to admit, I spent my twenties uh, as a ski racer in Vail, Colorado, and I did it wow. for the adrenaline, right? And there is some adrenaline in this whole business of, you know, what if this works, what if it doesn't, you know? Um, if uh, if you think an idea is great and everybody's in a group and everybody's talking about it, then the ju the juices are flowing. You know, there's a physical manifestation <laughs> of these the, this type of stuff too. Of course, you can feel that in any business. You know, a doctor of successful surgery, he feels it. But I, I would say there is a kind of thrill of the chase, as you said, is a very big big part of it. Mm. Absolutely. Well, Chip, I'd like to start to bring us home here. What we usually do at the end is grab some sort of takeaway or some sort of, uh, maybe we relate, relate it back to the um, earlier part of the conversation. Anything that's popped up uh, during our time together today that you might want to share with people and or, you know, with all, all the success that you've had in your different connections, any common threads that, you know, you're in the right place at the right time, or you notice something that you might want to share with, with the audience today? The only other thing we haven't talked about, which I think might be the core of what we've been talking about, is curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, curiosity drives uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of things. It drives your addiction to reading two and a half hours a day. It drives you want, wanting to know about this and then wanting to know about that. And, um, and you know, so, and again, the, the, this, uh, type of development is so multi-domain. I mean, you're pulling from this domain, pulling from this domain, pulling from this domain. Uh, if you don't find multiple domains interesting and you're not curious in multiple domains, you'll never put these things together. You'll only know. It's like a guy who knows civil engineering. You know, if he, that's all he knows, he knows how to build a road. He might not figure out how to build a, a newer and better road. So I think that the 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 other word is is curiosity. Mm. Uh, I think it's it kills the cat, but it also uh, <laughs> you know it can discover things. Absolutely, you've got to go a thousand like well, three, like three miles deep and three miles wide, right? To be able to you just go deep in one area, like you make a really nice road, but you're not going to think about well, here's the new version of the road where I've got like two different layers and I've got some across it as well, and like yeah, it's. You got to think about the different depths of it. My, uh, I was at this, um, I run around with a lot of college professor types and I was at this um, party and it was a bunch of uh, bio, uh, uh, there were people involved in, in fish, okay? Studying fish and each one of them studied a different fish. And I'm a scuba diver too and I go down and I see fish all together, right? So there, there's this one fish that hangs out with grouper and it's called a, a, a grunt, okay? And if you go down scuba diving, the grunt's right beside the grouper. So I'm standing beside talking to these guys. And I said, well, you know about grouper, you know about grunts. And the guy goes, well, I don't know anything about grunts. And they, <laughs> in other words, <laughs> you've got all these people that are studying these things and they're not, they're not talking to each other about why groupers and grunts hang out together. Mm -hmm. I, I know that sounds kind of a overly simplified, but 
um, somebody's got to look at the whole picture and go, you know, what is the relationship with all this and, and be more of a generalist, I guess. Um, and, uh, and that's the, the final, I would say. Yeah, Don't so be scared to be a generalist. And you mm -hmm. said it best, an inch deep and a mile wide. <laughs> right. Yes. The power to connect with what you know, right? There, there's that's so many right. sources of information. Just our, our ability to create comes from uh, the skill to connect those things together, I think. But one thing for sure, if you're an inch deep and a mile wide, you better be able to find somebody that's an inch wide and a mile high to help you execute. Right. Yeah, you got you to know those, those people. Awesome. Uh, Coach, how about you? A takeaway from today, if you would. I want to ask for a book recommendation, but I, I love that last point because I, I believe that everything, is, I'm always saying this, that everything is scale, context, and contrast, right? You've got to know whether you're, how zoomed in you are and even if you're zoomed out, it might be that there's exponential layers of more zooming out you could do if possible, right? We just can't see that grunt next to that grouper. That's right. Get another perspective. But yeah, if you would share, Chip, I'd love to get, uh, perhaps let me make it easier. What's the most inspirational book you would recommend? Well, the book I've, I've been telling everybody to read in the last two years is mm. called, it's, it's called Sapiens. Mm. It's by a guy, Harare. Uh, he's yep. a professor of, have you read that? I've read it. Yep. Isn't it amazing? That's a great book. It's yeah. uh, just the perspective is unbelievable. It, it is. It's, it's what happened. It's the history of mankind, but not what happened, but why it happened. Mm -hmm. And and he's got two follow-on books too. Uh, and he ends up on a book about AI, which is really amazing. But I just think that that book gives you uh, revelations about just what, about humans in general and how they're all in, you know, in, in these connected. That's, now, I, I've recommended that to my own uh, kids, and they won't read it. So, <laughs> thank you. I've, I've had that recommendation before, uh, but I can tell you that I just bought it on my Amazon. Oh, good, good, good. You'll love it, man. You'll love it. I, I think it's super appropriate to today's conversation because it, it's the author putting together all these clues of human history yeah. and making sense of it. And that's, that's what that is. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of right in front of you. Absolutely. So, uh, my takeaway today will be that ideas can come anywhere, anytime. Um, just give yourself the space to let them come through. And that might be in meditation, might be going for walks. You know, we had an episode a couple of weeks ago where we talked about being too zoomed in when stress comes from focusing on one thing that's just on your mind and overtaking everything. When we go hiking or when we see a physical landscape or are out in nature, we see the whole panorama and that's when we appreciate beauty for what it is. So give yourself that time and space to be able to see the whole landscape and just let that creativity come through because it, it's just a matter of time at that point. That'll do great. Awesome stuff. Well, Chip, thank you so much for joining us. This is a really interesting conversation. Really well, thanks for having me. It's been fun. So I hope to talk to you guys again. Thank so, you. We'll, we'll Take care. Additional speakers. Thank you. Thank you for watching another episode of Truth Seekers. We appreciate your interaction. So please comment, like, subscribe to YouTube. Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more, check out some of our links. Links to our masterclass, The Achiever's Mindset. And come join our LinkedIn group. And what do you want to see more of? Remember, we're here to share the simple secrets of successful. So help us do that. What do you want to see? What do you want to see more of? Thanks. And see you again next time.